and welcome again to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and tell you about the things that we watched. My name is Amber. My name is Marie. And this week we are going to be talking about The Reluctant Dragon, but first, Frozen 2 is in theaters now, and we had a chance to go and see it on Saturday. We're going to give a quick spoiler-free review. Marie, what did you think? I loved it. Um... I think it was just the perfect blend of humor and emotion. Um, The story itself, like, it was good. The end was fairly predictable, um, especially with the directions they've been going in lately. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the music. I love the songs. Yeah, I just, we saw it on Saturday, and I am, I have been trying to convince Amber to go see it again this coming Saturday when we will be at Disney Springs. I have yet to fully convince her, but I'm not going to give up. Well, you keep fighting that fight. I also enjoyed Frozen 2. I do think the humor was great. I think it was a good follow-up to the original. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. Don't listen to it before you go see the movie. It oh, will no. ruin things for you. Yeah, it's uh, going to give some spoilers. Do not. <laughs> Speaking of spoilers, also, don't go meet Anna and Elsa until yeah. you've seen the movie because they've gotten costume changes, but the costumes are from their... not anything that had been released prior to the movie coming out. Not their yeah. event that we had kind of seen. Um, no, it's a major, major spoiler. Costumes. So, I don't know why they did that. They should have put them in their adventure outfits. Like I know. It, it's so weird to me because Disney is always so careful with spoilers. Like, yeah. And then they just, and they just went and spoiled themselves. Yeah, it's... Actually, I don't know if you guys saw the meme. There was a meme from The Good Place, which is a show on NBC that Kristen Bell is also in. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's amazing. But yeah, there's a meme using an image from that show where she's just like, spoiler alert, I guess. And people have been using it to be like, cast members when people are entering the Elsa and Anna meet and greet at Epcot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, once you're done, though, after you've seen the movie, listen to the full soundtrack, listen to the cut songs, because honestly, two of my favorite songs are outtakes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I like them. I don't know that I prefer them to the direction they ended up taking. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, I just, and honestly, I know you predicted that Into the Unknown was going to be the big song, and it it might still end up being because of just the way that it is set up in the movie, and again, it's sung by Elsa, but the I, I don't want to talk too much about it because it is one of the songs that has more spoilers so again don't listen to it until you've seen the movie but the next right thing which is sung by Kristen Bell I haven't been seeing it get a lot of love I've I've seen show I yourself I don't understand people I, well, are... so, people do ten, I've seen people like uh show yourself more than into the unknown um I don't know why they're not giving it more attention. It is such a powerful song. Um, I feel like it. I be, I truly believe it is the most emotionally charged song Disney has ever written. I I agree with that. So we don't want to talk too much more about it. What I will say is I prefer the Panic at the Disco version of. <laughs> Into the unknown. Yeah, it goes so hard. I was listening to it at work today while I was um, doing some working, like paperwork, and I was it was going too hard. I couldn't like sit still. I was jamming too much. (laughs) One one other thing I will say about the movie, 
is that I think my hot take from Frozen, the first one, gets kind of confirmed into this one. Because, like, Olaf still lovable, still his own little loyal snowman friend. Mm-hmm. But there there are parts where you can tell even the rest of the group is like, okay, you're being a little annoying right now. And, you know, that's what my take was. It wasn't, again, that I don't like Olaf. It's that he's the annoying friend. I loved Olaf. I found him very relatable. But I can't <laughs> expand more on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so the main point are... here is go see Frozen 2. Go see you... Frozen 2 probably won't regret it i mean of course there are some people who don't like it there's always going to be people who don't like it um although another meme i saw is uh people saying if this had come out in the late 90s early 2000s this would have been a direct to video release with a different olaf and we would have been thankful for it yeah it would have been like the times have changed they sure have but no like go see it if you're not sure that you want to fork out a lot of money on a movie ticket go see it on a day when it's discounted that's a thing in canada it is not a thing in the u.s it's not oh my gosh no we don't have discount movie days at least i never like there's not like half price tuesdays or like what we have here okay but you have like matinee shows in some movie theaters where right. okay like you don't need okay. half price we're ticket getting, we're days getting off, we're getting off topic fine <laughs> all right so that was our brief frozen to review yes the other suggestion is if you don't want to go in movies wait till it's on disney plus when it's on disney plus we'll uh, wait until it's on dvd or wait until it's something you can rent on youtube or something because it's not going to be on disney plus for a while like they're not going to put it straight on disney plus when it comes out on dvd they still want those dvd sales i know but listen some people are willing to wait so i'm not going to judge you if you're that person i am a little today though is the reluctant dragon Yes, The Reluctant Dragon, and I have the synopsis pulled up here, once again, off of the Disney Plus platform. I was going to say website, it's because we still don't have something to watch it on our actual TV. We will soon, I'm very excited about that. But we've been watching everything on my computer, and I'm very much looking forward to being able to watch it on the TV. Anyway, so the synopsis goes as follows. Robert Benchley visits Walt Disney with a mind to sell him a movie idea, but ends up taking a behind-the-scenes tour of the Walt Disney Studio. Okay, That's- again, I have issues with the synopsis because I've watched the movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, well, let's, let me tell you some history before we get into why the synopsis is wrong. So, The Reluctant Dragon... It was born out of Walt needing to make some money. Remember how I've been telling you how much money everything has cost lately? First Snow White, and then Pinocchio, and then Fantasia. And Walt also had just built a fancy new studio and brought on 800 more employees. It's a lot of people to pay. That's a ton of people to pay. So they were like, hmm, we need to put out something that's not going to cost a lot. That can make us some money. The idea was born for the Reluctant Dragon. And it, the first kind of uh, start to any sort of production I could find was May 3rd, 1940. And the film was released on June 20th, 1941. So very quick turnaround it is uh what the reluctant dragon is is a little bit different than what you see in other package era films and what you see in live action animated mixes where a lot of times in those sorts of movies it is a character live action character interacting with cartoons 
And in this movie, it's not so much. Like there is some interaction with the animation, but it's in a much different context than what you see in other films. So it is kind of a unique creature in and of itself. Um, and when it came out, critics enjoyed it, but the audience didn't really enjoy it so much. They felt kind of cheated by the setup, by the animation. Well, because they were used to full animated features out of Walt Disney Studios. So I, I guess it depends also on how it was marketed and promoted. And I guess in a sense, probably... I, was, I say that and I just thought to myself, it certainly wasn't the same type of promotion that they could do back in the 40s. Like it was probably mostly just posters. Right. And the posters are kind of imply that this is going to be a cartoon movie. Yeah. So the film... Another thing that didn't help is the film was released in the middle of the Disney's animator strike of 1941, which was a five-week strike that uh, rose from the studio wanting to form a union, which uh, Walt Disney was not on board for. And it kind of changed the studio forever. Remember how I said they brought on 800 employees with their new fancy studio? Mm -hmm. After the strike, there was only 694 employees left. Well, there were 1,200 before the strike. Oh, right, because there were already people there. Right. Before the 800 were brought on. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It really messed with the studio and it's funny because in the film the studio is portrayed as kind of this big happy family which is the feeling that Walt had had of the studio and the strike really destroyed that illusion that they're a big happy family because well did you know actually I'm just going to piggyback on that uh, most of the animators that are shown in the film were actors hired to portray yes. animators because of this. Yeah, Because he I... wanted to show the studios as a happy, coherent family, um, which, of course, as you just mentioned, was not the case at that time. So. Right. So it is a very... Sorry, I had to let my cat out. It was a very controversial... When she she says out, she means into the hallway of the apartment, (laughs) not the the actual, like, outside. No. I mean, some people do that. Yeah, I... Indoor cats should stay indoor cats, in my opinion, but... Yes. So, it was just a very turbulent time, and the film kind of reflects a... A piece of Disney history that is not entirely true. Not entirely true, but also would never be the case from then forward because it really did shatter this. It I became mean, more of, of a workplace than. Exactly. A lot of prominent animators did leave in the strike and did not come back. So it was a, a very interesting time period and the movie you know it was supposed to make money the cost it only cost about six hundred thousand dollars which is way down from the one two million dollars that we saw from um snow white fantasia pinocchio and but it only brought in about four hundred thousand on the return so the studio, again, lost money on this film. Which is unfortunate when it's made for the sole purpose of making money. Making money. Yeah, and that 600000 in today's money would be about $10.5 So Still a lot. I mean, 
but it's not 40 million <laughs> that's that's true so i guess i'm not really that in tune with how much movies cost even nowadays oh movies uh if you look let me tell you i still have my notes from frozen frozen cost 150 million to make right yeah that's a lot <laughs> so it was kind of done on the cheap that's all the history. There's not a ton of history, probably because uh, this movie just isn't something that people think a lot about. In fact, I... It's not memorable. It's not considered an animated movie, despite the fact that 40 minutes of the film is animated. So there is that. Um, and a lot of people think when they're listing off the films that after The Reluctant Dragon... I mean, that after Fantasia is Dumbo. And I, too, thought that. Like, I didn't even realize there was something in between. Yeah, it's kind of an odd place because it's a movie that almost wants to be a documentary, I feel like. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And honestly, the documentary parts of it, even though I know it's not realistic, were kind of what I enjoyed the most. I thought yeah, it was, no, really it was interesting very interesting. The studio and, um, you know, the the machine that they used to make the the train voice of Casey Jr. at the Indian paint department where they show, like, all the scary masks that they wear while they make science. <laughs> like, I thought yeah. it was very interesting. So let's get into some trivia. Um, yeah, I Again, not a lot of trivia on this. Um, I got something. Yeah, well, I I have some trivia. Just like compared to the research that I've done on the past four movies we've watched, the list here was much shorter. Oh, definitely, definitely. So I'm going to start out because it did film at... The new Burbank Studios, where all those employees came. But a lot of employees got in the way during filming because they hadn't witnessed filming before. So at the start, they were all trying to see what was going on, trying to get to backstage. Because, you know, they worked for predominantly an animation studio. So live action filming was something new and exciting. And it caused a, a bit of a hassle for <laughs> for the crew. For the crew, yeah. I mean that makes sense. You know, you're you're used it when you're in one part of an industry, it doesn't mean that you're familiar with the entire parts of it. And right. If it's something new that you've not seen before, obviously you're gonna be curious about it because it's also a learning experience. What do you have? Tell me something. All right, let me tell you something. Uh, So again, in this movie, we have a couple of quote-unquote Easter eggs um, Mm -hmm. in terms of showing off some things that were in the works for future movies. Uh, The most obvious you've already mentioned is the recording of the um, sound effects and the showing of the music for Casey Jr., uh, which, of course, it was a much shorter um, track, but it did, of course, it will pop up into Dumbo, which was released the following. Actually, wait, did this come out in 41? 41. Oh, so same year. Yep. Yeah, because Dumbo is also 41. Um, then in the art department... You also see the animators making sketches of an elephant, some of which were sketches for Dumbo. And then a little bit later on, when they are in the ink and paints department, they are making a small, well, not small, but painting of Bambi and that very brief animation of Bambi, which was the movie that followed Dumbo. So that one, 1942. Uh, yeah, so a couple of Easter eggs there. And then there's also a couple of maquettes. Uh, maquettes. How do you say that? Uh, 
Okay, well, anyway. Uh, I don't know. A bit of art pieces that are shown from early versions of Peter Pan and Lady and the Tramp, which would come on. Those were a little bit further away, 53 and 55, but shows they were already sort of in the works. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's about it for Easter eggs. I got some more trivia. No, I have more trivia. That's. I also have more trivia. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Let's take turns. All right. You go ahead. Steal my trivia. There's really not that much on that movie, so... So the Benchley bust in the ink and paint. Yeah, department. I have that. Okay, can, okay, I'll start the fact and you continue it. It's like we finish each other's. I'm not gonna do that. Sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. See, I knew that's where you were going with that, and I'm just not gonna do that. Okay, so it was made in advance, and. Oh, am I completing here? Yeah, that's what I told you. <laughs> Finish okay. the fact. All right. So it shows in the movie that it's being made, but actually it's being destroyed. Yeah. Yep. They did the, the they filmed it being destroyed and then they showed it backwards to make it appear as though the artist was actually making it. Magic. Cinema magic. Yep. Which makes sense. Like, honestly, I don't know why I didn't realize like, watching it. I do remember thinking, wow, she made that nose real easy. <laughs> like. And that makes a lot more sense knowing, no, she didn't make that nose. She removed that nose. Yeah. Makes what else a lot you more got? sense. Uh, so, in terms of the shorts that were shown during the movie, uh, mm-hmm. not even. You see, the okay, the thing with this movie to me is, you know what I have the least facts about? The Reluctant Dragon. The Reluctant Dragon. <laughs> it's the title of the movie, and it's just like it's thrown in at the end. And I really don't have that much on it. Which is... Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that'll... There's just more about reviews and hot takes, I guess. Anyway. uh, So the short that they showed about the the goofy how-to cartoon Mm -hmm. was actually the very first goofy how-to cartoon. Which they made specifically for this movie. Which um, I feel like I've not actually seen that many goofy how-to cartoons. The only, one I, the only one I can think of right now is the one where he's trying to assemble his home theater. What about the time when he's trying to... Uh, to there's so many trying to fish when he's trying to learn how to play football when he's trying to there's so many i those are the most memorable goofy shorts to me the how-to ones because the juxtaposition of the serious narrator and goofy failing at everything which by the way i have a fact on that oh i also have a fact on that okay go ahead yeah, I'm telling you, any fact that you gathered, I also found. There is not that much on this but movie. Tell me the facts. So when they hired the narrator for the short, How to Ride a Horse, mm-hmm. he was asked to read it in a very straightforward manner, as though he was doing an actual serious documentary about horse riding. And so he was very shocked when he was told that it would actually be used in a goofy cartoon. Yes. And do you know why the how-to goofy cartoons became a thing? Why? Because they wanted to use Goofy when the voice actor for Goofy was unavailable. 
So, Goofy doesn't speak in the how-tos. That's true. I didn't even realize that. They still get to use him. There we go. I have given you a fact you didn't find. Well, that's not necessarily a fact about... That's a fact about Goofy. You know what? (laughs) Do you have more facts? Because I have some. I do have more facts. Uh, Actually, this particular short was not originally part of the movie. At first, they had made a short animated sequence featuring Mickey Mouse to be inserted into the film. Uh, And then the after the film had actually been completed uh rko radio pictures requested to have that short inserted in instead so short with goofy replacing the mickey mouth animation and disney complied potentially because he was pretty desperate for the movie to get full backing from rko and Mm. get the financial success um, because at that point, the Technicolor Lab had already created 70 out of the 180 ordered distribution prints. Ah. Yeah, so that was a bit of a setback on there. Uh, but that actually... It's not that an early short, Disney movie without setbacks. That's true. Uh, that short, however, with the Mickey Mouse, which didn't make it into this movie, did end up being reused later in 1942 for a short titled Mickey's Birthday Party, although it was altered some. All right. Yeah. Um, Other than that, let's see. So another short animated section of the movie, which I'm not going to give too many comments on right this moment, is the Baby Weems sequence. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that sequence, they are showing Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And it's only shown with George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Abraham, but go on. Abraham. A beloved American hero, go on. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm not American. I'm sorry. Also, I'm not English. So (laughs) that's how I would pronounce that name. Apologies. Uh, Anyway, the faces were still under construction until 1941 so the movie was released before Mount Rushmore was finished which is why Roosevelt and Jefferson are missing and why they can throw in baby weems all right well yep <laughs> yeah there's That's just really <laughs> uh, no I have a couple more it's just to be honest this is a pretty hard episode to record because I'm so not invested in this movie you were invested in the others more than this one I mean it's it's just not the same feel you know like again it's more well I guess it's half story half documentary and it's not to say that I don't like documentaries it's just I feel like we're trying to review it the same way we've done the other ones, and it's not necessarily the same feel to it. Like, I feel like it should have gone more with once we start reviewing documentaries. I'm kind of regretting throwing it into the lineup this early on. Well, because it's not a documentary. It is. I know. It's not a documentary. It is. Yes, I know. The the whole story is made up. and Yeah, of course. But it's just... I, I don't know. Continue uh, your facts. <laughs> all right. Well, I really don't have that many more. Um, so we've already mentioned that the movie was rushed into production to keep the studio solvent. Part of the reason for that is because the start of World War II closed off Europe to American movies. And so this cut off a lot of needed revenue for Disney. Um, and like you mentioned, well, it, it actually did help, which 
I don't know exactly how budget works for movie because apparently it did help it some, even though they lost movie on it. Hmm. Which could be because Disney was known to always kind of throw in from his own pocket. Right. So I don't know if that's kind of how it, it helped keep them afloat. Um, so yeah, it held the studio, even though it was not well received by the public. Um, and another reason why the movie um, uh, the, the yeah, it didn't do well at the box office is because the animators that were on strike, they did go to the actual movie theaters with, like, you know, actually protesting the movie. Yes. So that did kind of push away some of the crowds. Which I guess makes sense. I guess that's yeah. how you would go on strike from a Disney animation <laughs> yeah. studio. I mean, you know, one of the ways is also you don't show up to you work. You pick it. You gotta yeah. pick it. Where are you gonna pick it? At the theater. At the movies. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, and then the very short and pretty much last fact that I have is... Um, the Snow White Lane, wait, Snow White Avenue? Snow White Lane and Pinocchio. Pinocchio Avenue. Yes. Okay. Um, which, that's what they're called in the movie, but they actually wound up being Mickey Avenue and Dopey Drive. And that was built specifically for the movie, the signpost, and it was supposed to be removed after the movie, but it wasn't, and to this day, it still stands at Disney Studios. Yes, that's very famous. Uh, actually, yeah, it's one of the things that the studios is known for. I have one more fun fact to throw in. In the olden days, there was something known as the Hayes Office. Do you know about the Hayes office? I'm not familiar. They set moral guidelines for films. So they would review them and tell them what you had to cut out for it to be morally acceptable. And they had issue with something in The Reluctant Dragon. Oh, yeah, I saw that. He had a belly button. Yes, and they made them take out the belly button. Like, that's so random. Listen, sometimes why, belly buttons why are the, too much, morally speaking. But why? I don't. Do but, I know is a it 1940s because, moral police officer? I mean, I guess in a sense, like, a belly button. Implies being born, which implies coming out of a hoo-ha. No, that's not where I was going with that. But maybe just the fact, like, the whole, and not, like, anatomy, like, dragons are not real, so it's indecent to portray them with something that's, I, I don't even know. I just thought I would throw that in there, because I thought it was really strange. Yeah, it is. So... Let's okay. There is not a villain in this film. <laughs> can we agree? <laughs> I guess we can. Because TBH, there's a barely a plot in this film. <laughs> so we're not yeah. going to rank a villain. The only villain is the guy that's trying to get him to go on the tour. Like is trying to get him to go to Walt Disney, but that's not. He's just doing his job. Okay, <laughs> he's not a villain. He's just trying to take this man to go see Walt Disney. And he keeps skirting away the man. Like, he doesn't want to meet Walt Disney. So let's go back to the synopsis because I have issues with it. Remind us again what it All says. Right. All right. So the synopsis is Robert Benchley visits Walt Disney with a mind to sell him a movie idea. 
but ends up taking a behind-the-scene tour of the Walt Disney Studio. Okay, first of all, his wife forced him to go. Second of all, he didn't want to sell Walt this movie idea. And third of all, he spends a whole movie trying purposefully to avoid Walt. Like... <laughs> That's... That's very true. So I don't understand the synopsis. Did they not watch the movie? It seems like they often don't. So that is possible. Yeah, I like his wife is a minor character in the movie. Uh, Benchley's wife. She basically he's shooting a duck with like a little rubber like plunger things shooting fake ducks in his pool and she's like you're gonna take this book and you're gonna convince walt disney to make a movie about it and he's like "Mm, i don't want to and she's like too bad we're going and then (laughs) she drops him off at the studio and he's like are you coming and she's like no i'm going shopping bye (laughs) and then he does not, even though she, they get him set up with an appointment to meet Walt Disney, he's like, mm, no, don't wanna. Yeah, how rude is that, though? Like, you are actually there to meet the man, and you just keep him waiting this whole time? That's just pretty It is rude. super rude. But how weird is it that they all know his name? It is so, it makes me think, like, it gives me Truman Show vibes. Like, maybe they've all been surveilling him. And that's... Why? I don't know. What a, like, non-interesting person to survey. Listen, Benchley, as a character, is, like, kind of a dog, first of all. Like, he's yeah, he keeps trying to hit Flirt on all the women. Ladies. And, like, his didn't I just say that his wife took him to meet Walt Disney? Like, she is a good wife. Calm down. Movie. Yeah, like, just because she's a little bit pushy, you know, she's just like, this is something that could work out for you. Just go and do it. Yeah. I think, oh, I forgot to mention this movie starts off in black and white. And then when they go to uh, the camera room, suddenly it becomes Technicolor. So it feels like a Wizard of Oz vibe (laughs) where it's like, oh, it's black and white. No, it's in color. And then it stays in color for the rest of the movie. It doesn't go back. Actually, you know what? That's something I was just thinking about that I didn't really even pay attention to. Does it go back when he's in the in the car with his wife at it with his wife at the end? I don't think so, but now you have me doubting myself. Um, yeah, maybe it does. Maybe I'm not. I'm not even sure. Maybe I'm just throwing that out there, and it doesn't. I'm just. I'm trying to remember what color clothes she was wearing and I can't I also can't think of it because we watched this movie yesterday so I've had a lot to I've gone through a whole work day the last thing on my mind is what color was his wife's dress fair enough so no villains no I think it's safe to say and I'm sure no one is surprised. No staying power, this movie. No, not none at see all. It anywhere in the parks. You just don't see it. Oh, not even just in the parks, just in general. Like Oh, I think I've I had never I know I've I've seen the name before because, you know, I've uh, you're a Disney fan. I've looked at, well, I've looked at lists of Disney movies in the past to see, like, oh, what was made, what have I watched, what have I not watched. So the name wasn't a hundred percent unknown to me. I feel like but... if you gave a survey to even people who know Disney pretty well and asked them anything about the Reluctant Dragon, 
what year did it come out? Or within five years, guess when it came out? Give a, a brief plot overview. I feel like most people would be like, <laughs> maybe the. I feel like most people would be like, wait, what? The reluctant dragon. It's a dragon who is reluctant. It's like, well, yes, but that's not what the film is actually about. <laughs> yeah, it is very briefly so at the very, very end of it. So dragon who's reluctant to yeah. fight. And that's about it. That it it is just one of those things where the title is kind of misleading. You expect the whole movie to be about this dragon, and in a way it is, but it's not. <laughs> because the reluctant dragon is yeah. the story that he's supposed to be pitching to Walt Disney. And then when he finally meets Walt, Walt's like, in the time it took you to come tell me about it, we already made the movie. (laughs) Uh, Well, okay, Walt doesn't say that. It's just, hey, you want to have a look at this picture? That's what the wife says at the end. Well, yes, the wife says it at the end. But I don't think it's necessarily true that the movie was made that same day while he was roaming the studios. Listen... I think that was the idea that was supposed to be portrayed. So. I suppose. Unrealistic. This whole movie is unrealistic. You could not just drive up and be like, I want to see Walt Disney and pitch him an idea for a movie. They would be like, "Mm, okay, maybe. Please turn around. And uh, give us your name. Maybe we'll call you. And then they wouldn't. (laughs) Pretty much. So. I mean, can you can you imagine though, if it were that easy to just walk into Walt Disney Studios? Man, I would go for sure. I would be scared that I would see something and then Disney lawyers would track me down and make me sign like a million NDRs. <laughs> well, I suppose NDAs. that's <laughs> yeah. That's correct. Uh, but yeah, that, that is probably a possibility. So let's get into our hot takes. Oh, that wasn't a hot take. <laughs> well, do you have any like more direct hot takes? Um, it, again, it, it's hard to give hot takes when I have so little care. So, no, you don't. Not really. I was so hopeful that this movie would avoid the racism. And they found a way to sneak it It is the worst one. And they just went hard. It was like, I was like, well, like, listen, there's not even any cartoons to just and then, nope, nope, in nope, that baby weems comes on board, baby and weems oh man, comes on, and they show a extremely racist depiction of African people who not not even boy. just African, Japanese also. Yeah, it's just it's all over the place. It was very it very was bad. Awful. So I was so hopeful that we were going to avoid this, but. And you know, I don't think it's even. There's no disclaimer in. There is not a disclaimer, and there's not a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie either. The only thing they have is a tobacco warning uh, when they're. Yeah, they say that this movie shows depiction of tobacco. I'm gonna write again to Disney Plus. <laughs> like, hey, it's me again. I just watched The Reluctant Dragon and. Oh, you guys need to put a warning on here. Do you want me to show you some stills from your own movie? And well, maybe they figure nobody is actually going to watch it. Fair enough. Which brings us to rewatchability. No, never. I'm I'm just saying no. <laughs> you could not. I. Like again, it's it's fascinating to see the aspects of the studio tour. 
I would take the right. Top that's what I was gonna say. Maybe, maybe the re- I actually do enjoy the reluctant dragon. <laughs> like we've barely talked about it at all. We like we have not broached the subject of the reluctant. Like so, I- I'm sure anyone listening to us right now is like. But what is the reluctant dragon? So the reluctant dragon is a short at the end. It's a dragon who is like, I just like poetry and tea. I don't want to fight. And this little boy comes up and is like, "Mm, but you got to fight. And then a knight is like, I'm going to fight you. And the dragon's like, "Mm, don't want to. And then they come to an agreement over tea that they'll fake a fight. And so they fake a fight. And... And in the end, the dragon is accepted into the society. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's that's really the gist of that short. Um, it's pretty cute. The, like the dragon is a nice character. Uh, it is said. It is rumored. He gay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and actually, one of the things that I saw is apparently Ward Kimball, who is one of the main animators he's actually featured in the movie um has been known to say that the reluctant dragon is he gay. is coded as gay from everything from the way that he walks to the way that he interacts and talks and his poetry well, very stereotypical. yeah well that's why i said coded yeah. so hot fact question mark the dragon is <laughs> yeah like I, I actually saw some comments about it of like how in the world did they even get this to pass in the 40s I mean it was the war people were minding their own business yeah yeah so I agree I would rewatch the movie but leave me mostly the documentary kind of the guy being like creepy start once they arrive and cut out i'll keep the goofy short like that mm-hmm. yeah that is nice that is um cute. i guess i'll keep the reluctant dragon i could take it or leave it <laughs> oh that's the whole purpose of the movie and it's like eh. and just let me watch the studio parts that's all i'm interested in i am interested in those science babes just like making up chemical uh, colors wearing their spooky spooky chemical mask yeah secret colors love it love that but no okay see this is where we defer I still wouldn't rewatch it <laughs> like if if they made if there is I haven't explored too much in the documentaries that are on Disney plus if there is another documentary that plays off on that i will watch that one but it wouldn't be the full- i'm not i'm not rewatching the reluctant dragon no i would rewatch because again like i said at the start this depicts a studio that was never the same after this never this is a frozen moment in time even though there are actors the general working yeah that's of the, the studio like it- still it, it was never the same again, but it wasn't even actually like that at that moment. No, but it kind of was. Like, there were actors brought in, but the early days of it were like that. So I think it's just really interesting. And I would watch it again for specifically those parts to see more of kind of not focusing so much on Bentley, uh, Benchley, sorry, but more on what actually is around in the studio and the different things. Like that part was really cool to me. So I would rewatch that maybe like once. Nah. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. We are going to be recording another episode this week but it's not going to come out till next week because next week we are going to be at disney world yes so follow us on instagram we'll post some pics 
Are we going to post some pics with our podcast Instagram, you mean? Um, Yeah. Okay. We will post. um, Follow our personal Instagrams for tons of pics. But we'll post, you know, a couple of pics. Some of the castle. Some of Spaceship Earth. You know, the icons. We'll get you your fix of the icons. You want to share your personal Instagram? My personal Instagram is Amber Nini? Question mark? You want to spell that? Yeah. So it's A-M-B-E-R-N-I-N-N-Y. Yep. And mine is Marie Lightning all together. And our podcast Instagram is at Magical Streaming. You can find us on Twitter at Stream the Magic, and you can always email us if you would like, if you have any questions, requests, whatever. Wait, are we not going to get a final ranking? Oh, yes. <laughs> final ranking, The Reluctant Dragon, go. Two. I'm going to give it also a two. Ooh, we finally we agreed. agreed. Wait, no, we gave Frozen the same ranking. Yeah, we just didn't agree about Hans. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's not that special. Well, as I was saying, email us at magicalstreaming at yahoo.com. And we will be back next episode to talk about Dumbo. Yeah, this, this was a rough episode, guys. If you've stuck it out, this congratulations far. thank you so much it's it just i'm amazed uh please email us to let us know what made you stick out so long did you think it would get interesting at some point just i promise the next one will be better mm, i'm not gonna make any promises let's <laughs> get going we've got to go watch dumbo actually yeah that's true so until all next right. time all right Enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye.